0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Magic Story podcast, where we go behind the scenes with the people who create the worlds and characters of Magic the Gathering. I'm Blake Rasmussen, and I'll be your host. Today, we're talking with Mark Winters, Senior Art Director and the Art Director for Ether Revolt. Today, we'll be talking about illustrating a world in revolt, art cues, details you might have missed, and Mark's pick for the most badass art in Aether Revolt. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, um, senior art director. What, what does that mean? You do
1: well. So, um, I work with the rest of the creative team and the designers and developers to help um, establish the worlds that uh, that our players get to uh, visit. Um, I work really closely with the uh, uh, with my creative partners um, to develop the the look feel and tone of the world particularly with uh aether revolt where um there's kind of a a switch a change from Mm -hmm. the first set to the uh to the second set so i'm kind of responsible for uh making all the art decisions related to that
0: okay um one of the questions we get a lot from people is is i'm an artist i love doing this stuff i want to work for magic how do i get there what What's your story? How did you get started at Wizards of the Coast?
1: Well, it, it's kind of funny because um, my story is kind of come full circle, if you will. I I started drawing when I was a little, little kid, but I, I never really became engaged with drawing until uh, the intersection of a couple of things. One is Dungeons & Dragons, mm-hmm. and the other is Transformers. Okay. And so I... I I developed my entire kind of art career to kind of land me where I am today. Like, I started drawing um, my little profile character, my characters, my Mm -hmm. portraits um, for my D&D characters. Okay, cool. Um, And I was just a little bit better than my buddies I was playing with. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up drawing their portraits, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that just kind of kept carrying me and kept pushing me through art and then transformers came out in 1984 and um i, I used to collect the little uh marvel came out with uh, like these little marvel universe or transformers universe where it just showed the the, the characters sure and i would just draw them mm-hmm. constantly constantly um and so i kind i never i never gave it up okay and i just kept going with it kept going with it um and then six, seven, eight years ago. I don't know. I don't know numbers. (laughs) Um, I, I, uh, I left my desk job Mm -hmm. to become a full-time freelance illustrator and Wizards of the Coast was the client I aimed for first. Mm -hmm. And, um, I picked up some work from Dungeons and Dragons, did that for a little while, and then, um, met Jeremy Jarvis who looked at my work and promptly told me that I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> He's very good at that. <laughs> so I, I, I worked on my portfolio for I think it was another year or so, and um, I had I had a weird uh, a New Year's resolution um, some number of years ago, and I was like, you know what? This next year, I'm going to get magic work. That's mm-hmm. that's my one goal, and I, I think it was. January 1st, I sent in three pieces to Jeremy. And January 7th, I got magic work. Nice. So I was like, wow, I, I reached my goal in less than a week. <laughs> <laughs> I have to come up with new goals. <laughs> Do you remember what your first magic work was? Yeah, it was, I believe, gate crash. I had two cars in gate crash, and then then... I was in on Dragon's Maze. Okay, following that, so yeah. Okay, um, so how long ago did you start with Wizards?
0: Like, actually, in the building.
1: I think I'm on year three. Okay, coming up, so within the next month or two, I think is my third year anniversary.
0: Okay, were you were you formally trained? Did it sounded like you did a lot of stuff on your own.
1: Uh, I mean, I went to art school for a year. I didn't like it, so I didn't, like, I don't know, like, I went to art school, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. um, didn't really learn a lot of skills that got me to where I was, mm-hmm. um, so I I call myself self-taught. Sure. Um, I went to a bunch of workshops, like the Illustration Masterclass, mm-hmm. I went to the first three years of that, as a matter of fact. Um, and I learned a lot, but I mean like learning is is kind of challenging for me. Like I'll be taught all these great lessons that are super valuable. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to use them for another three years. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um like, oh, that's what he meant. Oh, that's so much easier. I can't believe it took me five years to figure that out. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of self taught, a lot of hanging out with my peers. Mm-hmm. Um, like my best friends in the world are some of the greatest illustrators in the world, so mm-hmm. that that's super uh, helpful. Um, I like being surrounded by people much, much better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me think about art in a different way than if I was just hanging out with people that were um, just at my level. Sure. Then I would just be coasting, right? Mm-hmm. So I always just try to gather as many crazy, talented people as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the net result of me feeling terrible about the things that <laughs> I do. <laughs> um
0: okay, so you said you've been here for uh, about 3 years. Mm-hmm.
1: Um have you art directed other sets? Uh yeah, I mean, so the first set that I uh formally took was from the Vault Angels. Okay. Um and then I've been kind of commissioning um random things here and there. Mhm. Um all the way through, and then with Aether Revolt was my first set as a as an art lead. Okay. So I I work with uh, the other art directors on Aether Revolt. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't commission everything myself, mm-hmm. um, but I just kind of give the broad overview um, of the aesthetic that we're aiming for, and then the other art directors kind of help execute that. Okay. Um, so that's the art lead, um, which was that was my first art lead job. Um, but I've done several since mm-hmm. that we can't talk about. Sure. Uh, yep. <laughs> um But um, yeah. So yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit more about Ether Revolt. You were you were talking about e- expressing what you want to the other to the other uh, art directors. How um, so? Ether Revolt is it's a world in revolt, mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier. It's a world of change. How how do you signify that in the art?
1: The consulate has. Um, Kind of cracked down on all these these inventors, and they've confiscated all their all their inventions. And so, one of the things that we wanted to do was kind of give the consulate a, a bit of like this kind of Stalinistic fascist vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, the The beautiful domes have unfurled, and the skyline has got it's it's much flatter mm-hmm. um, than before. Um, these un, these banners have unfurled um giving it kind of that little bit of a a a fascist quote Mm -hmm. to it um so like the very skyline of of Kaladesh has changed now um and one of the things that we we were playing with and you'll see this a lot um is that the the consulate is is kind of obsessed with their their sense of order and infrastructure and and the renegades are doing a lot to get around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, looking at a lot of um, some of my favorite like film director directors and stuff, uh, we, we go with like kind of flat camera angles mm-hmm. with with uh, the consulate um, because they're using the infrastructure, so everything's on a tripod, nothing's handheld, right? Sure. Um, and with uh, with the Renegades, um, the camera angle is is all over the place. It's, way down low, it's way up high pointing from the rooftop Um, the the camera angles are dutched Um, so uh, it gives it a lot more of that kind of frenetic energy um, that the consulate doesn't get to have Mm -hmm. very cool
0: um, one, of the, one of the new things, uh, there's a lot in Ether Revolt that's, that's been there before, we've seen humans before, mm-hmm. the dwarves are new, but we've seen dwarves of certain True. kinds before, but you got to work with vehicles mm-hmm. for the first time, the, yeah. they're completely new to Kaladesh. Um, what, were the, what were some of the challenges in, in concepting and, and getting those illustrated?
1: Well, so, like vehicles in Kaladesh, so we're doing vehicles now, great. Uh, except Kaladesh vehicles are, you know, they're swoopy and they've got like these teardrop shapes and they're very elegantly designed. Um, They're not motorcycles or anything like that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, we did find um, a few visual cues that kind of helped us uh, to be successful in certain areas. Like um, if you're using like whirring fans, you could you could put them in the place where wheels are on mm-hmm. a car, um, and it it kind of like makes it easier to mm-hmm. interpret it as a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite pieces was uh, uh, Vince Prose's "Leaving the Dust." Um, yeah. it's just a fun image. It captures the renegade spirit. Um, he's blowing past uh, a bunch of consulate mm-hmm. uh, soldiers. Um, But you'll see that you'll see like the wearing fans kind of in position of where wheels would be. And it it does a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, uh, when Sam Burley designed um, the Thopters, you know, they have propellers, Mm kind of like, you know, a a helicopter or something that you already recognize. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though, you know, the vehicles are oftentimes a, a little abstract, there's enough to grok there Um, uh, to make it believable.
0: Sure. Uh, Now, there was also a pretty prominent cycle of legends in Mm -hmm. each color. So, Baral and and Friends, I guess. Um, (laughs) That's that's a show I want to watch. Yeah, Baral and (laughs) Friends. Um, Those characters were also shown in in, in a number of different cards. So, Mm -hmm. back to Baral and Friends. Uh, Baral was in, in Disallow. Um, he was on his own card. He was on his expertise. Um, you can see the same thing with all of the characters and their expertise. Yeheni showed up in a couple places. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you work with artists to keep those images of legendary characters consistent and, and tie those arts together?
1: Well, there's a there's a couple of different ways that we approach something like that. Um, we art directors call them contingencies. Mm-hmm. Like this piece of art is contingent on this piece of art. Um, with Brawl, I mean. We had him for Origins, so we knew what he looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't such a big deal. But someone like Kari Zev, we haven't seen her before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all the art needs t- to be wrapped around a particular image. Sometimes we're able to design those characters in house. Um, on occasion, I'll design a character, Sam Berlio designed a character, Cynthia Shepard will design a character, so on and so forth. Uh, But not often do we get an opportunity to just sit around and and draw some fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So, in in those um, situations, we did have a small sketch done by Kieran Yanner um, that he did during the Kaladesh concept push. um, But it was just kind of like a portrait, and she had her like little monkey dude with the goggles and Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, we have to do something with this. Um, So I commissioned Kari Zev to Brad Rigney and I love what he did with the character. Mm -hmm. So what we have are a couple of waves of art where we commission. So we have wave one, we'll commission every legendary character. Um, that needs to be painted multiple times throughout the set, and so when that comes in, we'll have it in time for wave two, um, and so we'll send that as reference to the other artists doing I depictions see, of it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we have like little systems in place to to, to help us out.
0: Okay. Um, so, you're more familiar with Ether of art than probably anyone. <laughs> um, what are some of the details uh, in in specific? Pieces in Ether Revolt that you love that most people might not notice.
1: Well, I don't know. We 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 have a pretty smart fan base. We do, and so I feel like if I called out anything uh, specific that I thought was kind of cute or clever, they'd be like, "Oh, come on, that was (laughs) obvious." Um, So I mean, I I can can talk about like um, the masterpiece um, Mm -hmm. inventions um, for. Aether Revolt mm-hmm. like the story that we are telling ourselves is that these masterpieces have been confiscated and are in the consulate warehouse. And so if you like look at, you know, the Kaladesh cycle versus the AER cycle, you can see, Oh yeah, these are, you know, all interior shots. Okay. Except for a warm coil engine, which is too big to put inside. So we wrapped it around the actual museum. Like I think it's crushing the museum. I don't know what the story is there, mm-hmm. but uh um Maybe that's a factoid that people don't know know about yet. Yeah. Um,
0: so, what are um, what are some of your favorite pieces in *Ether Revolt*? Then,
1: uh, you know, they're they're all my babies. I mean, I, I, <laughs> it's it, it's just a gorgeous set. But um, there's a few pieces that kind of spring to mind um, when I think about the set um, more broadly. Um, one is uh, Jonas De Consulate Crackdown. Okay. Um, which just shows like all the banners furled and mm-hmm. the. the that, was, of, that
0: was the piece that came to mind when you were describing uh, how things yeah, change from Calvin. Right, yeah. yeah, he
1: just captured that beautifully. Um, and so, like, yeah, he got that like static camera perfect, like mm-hmm. all that stuff. So my head immediately goes to that piece. Um, and for like renegades, I think of uh, uh, Winona Nelson's Frontline Rebel, mm-hmm. you know, with the fist in the air. Yep. She does like the Dutch camera. Uh, The renegade looks like he's awesome and having a good time. Um, He's just super bold, and I I really love that piece. And uh, of course, Brad's um, Kari Zev piece really resonates with me as well.
0: Okay, Uh, What are some of your favorite pieces of all time that you may or may not have been involved with?
1: (laughs) So one of the pieces that I argue is Probably the best piece of magic art is Donato's um, cryptographer. Okay. I don't think there's much art better than that, much less better magic art. Interesting. Like, uh, just like from a composition standpoint, like as, as another artist looking at the way he executed it. Because, like, doing a painting of a painting... Is really hard doing a painting of a bunch of maps all rolling up and folded on top of each other, and then being able to read it at card size. Mm-hmm. That's that's really impressive stuff. Really Good. impressive. stuff. So, Interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you do you collect
1: magic art or own any? Uh, I don't collect magic art per se. Like I'm, I'm not much of a collector of anything. Okay. Like. My book and video collection both have big holes in them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I have a comic book collection, but, like, I read this much, and then I had these books, but I lent them out? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have, like, all these big gaping holes in my Bone comics and my Sandman comics. Um, So I'm not much of a collector, but I do have uh, some original arts from um, some artists that I, I admire, like I have a piece by Steve Belladin and Ralph Horsley and Mark Poole and Ian McKaig. I have a Tyler Jacobson and a couple Cynthia Shepherds. Mm-hmm. So I collect art, but not necessarily magic art specifically. Okay. I uh, probably couldn't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> you said you have a couple Cynthia Shepherds. Is it, is it weird to
0: collect art from someone who sits like right next to you? Uh,
1: no, it's convenient. <laughs> like, and it's cheap because yeah. we can just do art swaps. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's a great way to collect art.
0: Yeah. Um, What are you working on now? And be as vague as possible.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can tell you that it's super awesome. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that everyone involved has put a lot of passion into it. Mm -hmm. Like blood, sweat, and tears have gone into this particular project. So I'm super excited to eventually get people's eyes on it.
0: When can can you tell us when the
1: thing is coming out?
0: Is that is that too much? Twenty eighteen. Okay, so that's how far about how far ahead you work? Yeah. yeah. Well, no,
1: we work way further. Way out. further. Like, okay. I think like I did some concept art for a world that will be released in twenty twenty six or twenty eight. Oh wow. I'm bad with numbers, but it was either 2026 or 2028. Oh wow! Yeah. So okay. We are. It's s- in some way or another uh, working that far in advance.
0: Okay, that is way far. I didn't even know that. That's that's pretty far. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. I mean, not actively. It's not like they're <laughs> right. working on card files or anything, but thought is going into that stuff. Very that far cool. out. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, Mark, and thanks to everyone else for listening and joining us on this week's episode of the Magic Story Podcast. That wraps up this run for the Magic Story Podcast. Next week, Magic Story returns uh, with the first story from Amenkat. Uh, in the meantime, tell us what you thought about the Magic Story Podcast by tweeting at me, at BlakePR, or to the Magic Twitter account at Wizards underscore Magic. Thanks, everyone.